Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Dr. Sagar Lonial from the Emory University School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm joined by my two colleagues, Dr. Krina Patel from the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, and Dr. Mari V. Mateos from Salamanca, Spain. And we're going to talk about some of the unique aspects that these new cell mod classes, uh, both ibertamide and mazigdamide, formerly known as CC92480, uh, in terms of what they bring to the table as a new anti-myeloma therapy and their uniqueness here. So, Dr. Mateos, you want to get us started off really talking a little bit about some of what you see these two drugs really bring to the table at this time. Well, uh, definitely hybridomide together with the CC480 are different drugs in comparison with their predecessor, lenalidomide and pomalidomide. And not only because, uh, well, the mechanism of action, I would say that it is complementary and it is, uh, well, a more potent immunomodulatory effect in comparison with lenalidomide and pomalidomide, but also because they have demonstrated to be effective in refractory myeloma patients to both lenalidomide and pomalidomide. But in addition to these aspects related with the efficacy and the mechanism of action, I would like also to remark the safety profile because definitely ibertomide and CC480 are more potent than lenalidomide and pomalidomide, but the safety profile is quite important. They had been, in principle, evaluated in heavily pretreated myeloma patients. And when we evaluate the number of patients who required those reduction of ibertomide or CC480 because of side effects, the number of patients is quite reduced. And when we evaluate in more detail hematological toxicity like neutropenia, we can see how grade three, four neutropenia is not observed in more than approximately one third of patients treated with these new cell modes. And in addition, the proportion of patients developing febrile neutropenia or other severe infections is quite reduced. But if we remember when we use lenalidomide and pomalidomide, some patients sometimes disclaim because of asthenia and fatigue. We know how the mode of administration of these new cell modes, and this is related with the chemical structure and the isomer form, result in the fact that these adverse events that definitely impact in the quality of life of the patients like asthenia and fatigue are really very free, very few frequently reported in patients treated with ibertomide and CC480. So from my point of view, if we put together the efficacy together with the safety profile, I think that they deserve, as it is being done, evaluated in heavily pretreated myeloma patients, but also in earlier lines of therapy, as well as in combination with other partners. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Mateos. And Dr. Patel, you know, I think the question that always comes up is the binding target is the same. What's really different? And I think there are some differences that you want to you highlight a little bit. Yeah, I think, you know, IMIDs historically have been fantastic to use as maintenance or, you know, kind of um, um, 
adding synergizing with other immune therapies like monoclonal antibodies. Um, and I think what's really exciting uh, for the cell mods is we actually see this activation of T cells and NK cells to a completely different degree. Um, they have There's more cytokines that are produced that are more activating cytokines like IL-15, IL-2. So you're actually seeing much more CD8 T cells that are um, more I mean, activated and there's actually less exhaustion because usually we'll see these T cells get really exhausted really fast, but they've actually seen less exhaustion. Same thing with the NK cells. You actually see this increase in NK cell function. Um, and to be able to use that with all of these new immune therapies coming through, I, I'm just really excited to see how together that can actually improve um, the, the anti-myeloma effect, but also potentially how we improve the microenvironment um, to a much better, um, the T cells and NK cells will hopefully be able to surveillance better. I mean, these are, again, abstract thoughts, but um, this is the stuff I get to get really excited about. So um, I think the toxicity piece is so big uh, that for our patients uh, to have less toxicity, but then to have improved efficacy, even translationally in you know, the other cells, which those are supposed to help us um, with all the other therapies we have with myeloma, I think is um, uh, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things that has struck me in the presentations on the early data with, uh, with Iber in particular, I think we're just a little bit behind that in the data with Mezzi uh, right now, but certainly in Iber is when you look at grade three, grade four adverse events that are non-heme, um, there's a lot of zeros there. Um, and we know with drugs like POM and LEN, that is rarely the case. There are patients who get significant adverse events associated with both of those drugs, but they seem to be much lower frequency and much lower grade uh, that I think really does allow patients to stay on longer. And I think, you know, all of us have anecdotes of great outcomes with patients. My, my favorite was on the phase one study when we were at the maximum tolerated dose, the patient, I saw them at cycle four or something like that, and they said to me, I thought you told me this wasn't a placebo-controlled trial. And I said, it's not. And, and the patient said, but I don't feel like you're giving me anything. Um, you know, that's, that's, we almost never hear that with, with the image class. Uh, certainly, that is something we can see more and hear more frequently with, uh, with, the, cell, with the cell mod class as well. I think, uh, you know, the other point that uh, Dr. Mateos raised as well is the idea about um, efficacy in the triple class refractory patient population. Do you guys just want to, one of you or both of you, touch briefly on what a challenge that continues to be? Uh, you know, Dr. Mateos, you mentioned people are getting three drugs as part of induction therapy. The triple class refractory group is not just more, but it's moving earlier than we saw before, really necessitating this, this shift. Yeah, sure. This is true, and we had the opportunity to see how ivermectin in combination with the dexamethasone worked quite well in this population. And in addition, as I previously pointed out, even in the population already exposed to the BCMA-targeted therapy, and definitely this population is going to be in front of us earlier on in the near future. So I think that there is a clear role for ivermectin, maybe in combination with 
again, proteasome inhibitors for anti-CD38 to monoclonal antibodies because majority of the patients will be exposed as part of the first line of therapy. Maybe the second line can be BCMA targeted therapy. And why not to utilize as third line ivermidin CC480? But for me, this is applicable to the near future because if we envision a bit more the future, definitely ivermidin because of their safety profile will deserve it to be utilized as part of the first line of therapy and maybe CC480 in the relapse and refractory setting because it's true that the incidence of neutropenia is a bit higher in comparison with ivermidin. Yeah, Dr. Patel, you want to add anything? No, I, I completely agree that, you know, for us, we usually we're using four drugs up front. And so by third line, I'm I'm sort of saying, okay, which is the best next uh, therapy I can give and, and what, how can I minimize um, um, toxicity? So we are we are using a lot of the, the, the medications we already have earlier. And I think that's the big need. But then um, as Dr. Mateo said, bringing this to potentially even take over the place of the image if, if they really are so much better, um, I'm excited about. Yeah, no, I think this has been a great discussion, and clearly there are a number of different areas that represent unique areas, uh, as we've talked about in this, as well as significant remaining unmet medical needs in the in our field. Uh, and I think both of these new cell mods really do help address some of those issues going forward. So thank you again for your time for this great discussion, and we look forward to the data in the future. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.